0: Free your mind! Come a little bit closer Ah, ooh, well, oh Possibly I've seen too much Straight up now, tell me Destination
1: It's witchcraft I will choose Moment. it's wonderful. wonderful. Oh, so wonderful my
0: love. Take two. Welcome, everybody, to the Home Record Podcast. I am your host, Alex, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely. Gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. I can't believe I said take two. Hello. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Yeah, what happened the first time? The music's playing and there was just a lot of pauses.
0: Yeah, so we re- we had to re-record this intro. I got I got I don't know why, but I'm listening to the words and for the YouTube version, obviously we had to cut out the music for copyright reasons and what have you. But yeah, I just that that part who who's the artist with the you better think. Oh, is that, is that Aretha Franklin? Yeah. Is that what it Okay. When, whenever that, when that came on in my headphones, I don't know why it just got me all like weird. Like it got you thinking in my head. I'm just like, you better think like, yeah, people better fucking think. I don't know. It just, that's just what was going through my head and it completely threw me off. How many times have we done this show? And how many times have I heard that I thing know. for whatever reason today? It just had that effect on me. It was weird. I got all discombobulated. Interesting.
2: That's okay. It yeah. got you thinking. It, it, that's the point.
0: Yeah, it's just very strange that that happened. So anyway, if we didn't call attention to it, nobody would even know that it happened due to the the wonder of of editing and Mm. modern technology.
2: That's okay. We're, we're up front with everyone. Right. We're so real. anyway,
0: how, how are you doing, my lady?
2: I'm very well, thank you. I got some kind of cool news from our friend Jennifer Hotes from the Curious Cat Podcast. She is reviewing her top 10 most downloaded episodes, and I'm in that list.
0: Congratulations. Uh, I was a
2: guest not that long ago. Do we have an applause
0: thing here? Ooh. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, applause. Applause for you.
2: I was on was it like a month or two ago I was on her show talking about hypnotherapy and I guess it was I think she said I was number five maybe but that's really exciting so that's cool good for you so thank you Jennifer for having me on your show and thank you to everyone who listens and if you haven't heard the curious cat podcast please check it out it's very good
0: yeah she's got a good show
2: she does and she's a lovely human being
0: she is very nice. Mm-hmm. Very I, nice lady.
2: Yeah, I also want to throw out there for our, our hearers and watchers who have been following along. I've been trying to do monthly group hypnotherapy sessions, and the next one coming up is for Saturday, September sixteenth at ten a.m. East Coast time. It is for inner child, so it's a group hypnotherapy session. You get it at the at a fraction. Of the cost of a single one-on-one session. And you get to go into hypnosis and meet your inner child and we do some work with them. And then we have some fun with them as well. And a lot of people, when they do inner child work, they are able to heal themselves with the work that's done and they're able to get a better relationship with that inner child as well. And also be able to just enjoy themselves and have more fun in their life. So if that's something that interests you, go to my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com on the group hypnosis tab and click on that and sign up.
0: There you have it. Yeah. Awesome.
2: How about you? What's going on with you?
0: Nothing I want to talk about right now.
2: Okay. Okie dokie.
0: So why don't we get into what we're going to talk about today? And you want to, Start us off and, and tell everybody how how we came to this topic, if you will.
2: Yeah, we went to the beach. The, here we in, went to the beach. We went to the beach.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: Here in New Hampshire, it's been raining most of the summer. I've mentioned before, it's done a number on the garden, but... I was determined. The poor kids just wanted to go to the beach. And I was like, we're going to the beach. So we had a week with some nice weather and we took a day and we went to the beach. Alex and I started talking about the misconceptions of the sun.
0: Yeah, the lots of them and all all things that slowly over the past, I'd say probably 10 years, I've started to be very I have always been questioning everything, but especially the last, but the last five years especially. But it's gone into hyperdrive. But before that, I was always very naturally inquisitive, always questioning things and why is this, why is that, and and now I'm seeing a lot of that in our in our youngest. But yeah, it. I I started realizing that a lot of the things that I had been led to believe were not exactly accurate. And the sun and all of the different things that I, I've heard throughout my life, like that's kind of one of them. That's, that's one of the big ones. And I'm noticing that it's with everything really, But but this is one of the big ones. And we started talking about some of the things that I've come to realize, some of the things that I've tried that shouldn't have worked, but have worked and have not caused me adverse effects or harm and yeah, so we're gonna talk about a lot of that stuff here today.
2: I just want to throw in there. I was talking with my parents about this. I don't know if
0: this made any sense. Did did that make any sense? What I just said? Yeah, because I feel like I was all over the place with that. No,
2: we'll we'll get into it. Right. I was explaining to my parents what we're gonna talk about. Of course, my mom's like. You can't give medical advice, and I'm like, we're not giving medical advice. I don't, you know what medical advice are you exactly? Because I said, you know, the misconceptions, and I brought up how we're basically programmed to fear the sun. And her point is, who says fear the sun? And it's not like we're told fear the sun.
0: I think your 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 phraseology, your your word, your wording is is a little bit flawed. Okay, when you present it. But So I guess that's why I'm here to keep you in line.
2: Yes, you keep me in line because (laughs) I am just off in space and you keep me grounded. No, no,
0: that's not what I meant. No,
2: no, no. I was saying like, I just kind of float off in space. That's how I am. You keep me grounded. But my point was that over the years, we have been slowly conditioned to... Fear the sun, not like, oh, fear the sun, but to be cautious in the sense of, oh, well, you can can get skin cancer from being in the sun too much. Staring at the sun can give cataracts. Exposure to sun can give you wrinkles. All these negative things from the sun. And when you think about the ancient. All
0: all of which are are true. These statements, the things you just said that Mm -hmm. we've been told, they are true. But they're only partially true not all of the information is being provided exactly. when those statements are made exactly. it's not just the sun alone that does these things
2: exactly and the sun
0: alone is actually beneficial yes it's life it's what plants animals everything runs off of the sun how it rises when it sets everything goes based off the sun you could say the sun is life
2: yes yes And ancient civilizations and cultures worshipped the sun. And we started having a conversation. We thought, well, let's dive into some of the misconceptions about the sun.
0: Sure. I guess that's good fodder for a podcast conversation.
2: Well, let's first look at sun gazing.
0: Yeah. Why do you want to go with this first? Of all the things, you chose sun gazing first.
2: Because it's good for you.
0: Okay You might get some pushback from me on this one But let's talk about it
2: Okay It's also known as sun eating When I was a kid Sun
0: eating? Yeah Okay
2: When I was a kid I used to sun gaze I could just stare at the sun And look at it without it bothering me And then You stop because You start wearing sunglasses Oh
0: it's funny You you say that I'm thinking back I want to say that My brother and I But it may have been Just a friend of mine and I would have contests to see how long can you look at the sun before you look away? I remember doing that as a kid. I I don't remember how old I was, but I was definitely a kid and I I was doing that.
2: I used to lay down in the grass and just stare up at the sun and enjoy it. And then, you know, I started wearing sunglasses and then after a while it's like, you can't look at the sun. And I wondered like, why can't I look at the sun? And so my thinking was, well, probably because I stopped looking at it. I've been wearing sunglasses. I don't really look at it anymore. I'm no longer gazing at, at it. And as typical, when you stop doing something and you want to start doing it again, you got to get back. You got to start slowly and get back into the practice of it. But before we get into that, why don't we discuss a little bit about the science behind sun gazing? Okay. So Hira Ratan Manik and I apologize if I mispronounce anything. This is a
0: this is a name. Yes, Hira Ratan Manik.
2: Yes, he okay. was popularly known as H R M. He began to practice and study sun gazing in 1962 in an attempt to understand why it's it was so famous in ancient civilizations across history uh, throughout history. He claims to have survived solely on sunlight and water for eight years, and there are studies that did advocate this.
0: Hold on to say, who was he, though? He, he was an
2: Indian. He was considered an Indian guru.
0: Okay, so just some guy.
2: He was some guy. Okay. According to studies, with regular practice following a strict regimen uh, over approximately nine months many practitioners report losing the need for food and sub- subsisting on energy from the sun so basically they're saying that you can live off of the sun and water and you don't need food
0: wait a second yeah okay okay no i i got what you said but i'm just trying to process yes. this well
2: Not- think you're fasting
0: okay yeah i, I get i get that but Wow, okay over so it takes them nine months to get to the point where yeah. they don't need food anymore
2: after following a strict regimen
0: over what do you know what the regimen was do we able to find that information
2: I didn't but from and I'm gonna get into it a little further on okay it stated that when you sun gaze a lot one of the benefits is you feel less hungry
0: well. I don't know if that's just from staring at the sun. That's just from your body being conditioned to not eating as much well, if you're fasting and stuff. Well,
2: no, just if you're not fasting, apparently it can lower your hunger.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on.
2: Various studies have proven sun gazing works. In one study by the medical team at Thomas Jefferson University and the University of Pennsylvania in 2002, HRM underwent a 130-day observation, which proved that the gray cells in HRM's brain were regenerating. Wait a
0: second, wait a second. Mm -hmm. The same guy here who started doing this sun gazing in 1962, Mm -hmm. still alive in 2002. Yep underwent a an observation yeah. over 130 days. Yeah. And the gray matter or the gray cells in his brain started regenerating? Yeah. Okay. I got to hear more about this.
2: The study further generated 700 photographs in this observation period where the neurons in his brain were actively growing and not dying. Okay. So- This has been studied and people have seen positive effects. Another effect of sun gazing. Is
0: he the only person that this has been observed in? No. The only human?
2: There have been other people, other studies.
0: So there's been other people that have volunteered to be test subjects Mm -hmm. and they've done this and this has been replicated.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to mention somebody else. Okay. So the effects of sun gazing have been shown to affect the pineal gland. The pineal gland, along with the pituitary gland, controls the sleeping and waking cycle. That's also known as master glands. And they produce two critical hormones for the body, melatonin and serotonin. While serotonin is produced during the daytime and referred to as the happy hormone, melatonin is produced during the dark hours and sometimes known as the hormone of darkness.
0: I've never heard it called the hormone of darkness.
2: Me neither. I've never heard it, but I also don't really look into it that much. Interesting. Scientists say that melatonin converts to DMT, or I'm going to try to say it, dimethyltryptamine, which is responsible.
0: Dimethyltryptamine. Thank
2: you. Which is responsible for dreams and other astral travels in our body. Apart from that, the production of melatonin also makes us drowsy. Now, the sun gazing and the solar power that reverberates from it can help decalcify the pineal gland, which is one of the primary benefits of sun gazing.
0: The pineal gland? Pineal. How are you saying pineal. it? I, I always say it weird. <laughs> Every time I'm like, what What are you saying? It's pineal. Pineal? pineal? I, yeah. I thought it was pineal. There's like, pineal. Because it looks like a pine cone.
2: But there's also, there's different ways, I guess, to say it properly. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Moving on. I was listening like, what's the right way to say it? So whatever. I'm going to do the thing where I say it eight different ways.
0: And everyone's listening is like, what's she talking about? I apologize. What is this? Okay.
2: Words are hard.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Carry on.
2: The studies that were conducted on HRM revealed that his pineal gland was growing instead of shrinking. So it's believed that As a child, it grows. And then like when you become an adult, it then begins to... You're talking about the pineal gland? Yeah, it will begin to shrink. So the average size in humans is six by six millimeters, which tends to get smaller after puberty, but in HRM's case, it was observed that the size had increased to eight by 11 millimeters.
0: Okay, so I have to, add, I don't know if you're going to get to this. Mm-hmm. If I'm jumping ahead, just tell me to wait. This guy, if he's got this increased pineal gland, is he able to see things or do things that are not considered normal for a human? Is anything like that been documented like or what? talked about? I don't know, anything, the pineal gland. Isn't that what they say? That's your third eye, right? Yeah, yeah, So is that, for example, is does he have like visions or does he have like premonitions or is he psychic or in any way anything like that that, I, that was documented? Know. Like something unusual that would it's, not be considered normal for a human. It's
2: listed as one of the spiritual benefits that it can enhance those things so
0: does he say that he can talk to spirits or anything like not that? not that I saw okay I'm just curious because yeah. like if he's if his pineal gland is actually bigger than everyone else's and I mean that's that's a pretty big considering what it what it what the average size is mm-hmm. if his is so much bigger what is the benefit to that uh, to, of having that for him or for a human that's I guess that's yeah. my question but you but you don't have that information I don't. okay
2: so the size reported suggests an obvious growth and restoration in the pineal gland that allowed for him to survive without food for such long periods.
0: So that's the benefit? You don't need as much food?
2: I guess. That's what I take from
0: it. Okay.
2: And apart from HRM, Dr. Mitchell Gibson was another well-renowned sun gazer who accredited the sun for his evolution.
0: His evolution? Yeah.
2: And he went on to teach his followers about this divine practice and educate the world about the health benefits.
0: Okay. So this guy, okay. I want how did this guy evolve? It makes it sound like he's like a, like a better, greater stage of human like he's the next level of human.
2: Well, let's get into the the benefits of sun gazing. Okay, so these then, are these
0: are according to Dr. Mitchell Gibson.
2: Uh yes, or and just, in general. Okay. So, it can promote the health of your reproductive system since it supplies the desired levels of vitamin D to the body.
0: That's a big thing is vitamin D deficiency in yes. like everybody.
2: Yes. It can increase the size of the pineal gland. It can boost production of melatonin and serotonin, governing the entire hormonal system of the body. It can multiply energy levels, mainly because of the secretion of the hormones, melatonin and serotonin. Okay. It reduces your appetite, thus enabling weight loss. And this is backed by the statements made by modern day sun gazers who have reported they lost excessive weight since their desire for good has also uh, for food has also reduced significantly. And fasting plays a part in this because we've talked before about the benefits of fasting and when you're sun gazing, it reduces your appetite. It makes it easier to fast because sometimes you try fasting and all you think about is food and you're hungry. That can make it difficult. But we're, we're going to get in. There's a lot of mind over matter.
0: So by looking at the sun, it kind of goes hand in hand with fasting because mm-hmm. it reportedly will help to decrease your appetite as well. Yes. Interesting.
2: It improves your eyesight and enables peaceful sleep.
0: Okay, I'm going to start staring at the sun then because mm-hmm. my eyes are, are rapidly deteriorating. I have to wear my glasses all the time now.
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
0: so I'm going to start staring at the sun. Thank you.
2: The immune system <laughs> is fix. positively impacted due to prolonged exposure to the sunlight. And again, I think that's because of your vitamin D that you're taking in. It reduces stress. It can help remove allergies and enable a 360 degree growth of the human body.
0: So what does that mean?
2: So basically it it changes in a sense, like I don't think they mean like you're going to get taller. I think it means like how your pineal gland grows instead of decreases. So as things start to shrink breakdown over time it actually helps keep it almost keep it like healthy.
0: regenerate yeah in a way okay that's
2: yeah. how i took it okay it can heighten the, the strength of the hypothalamus tract which is the link between the nervous system and the en- endocrine system via the pituitary gland it can supply your brain with several nutrients that were otherwise available in limited quantities
0: what nutrients would those be
2: I didn't find those well, i
0: mean what nutrients do you get by looking at the sun i guess that's where I'm, I'm well
2: the way my mind was thinking how plants get nutrients from the sun your body creates it
0: uh, okay i suppose see see uh, some of these statements uh-huh. i'm like okay they're very vague yeah it this this almost reads like the benefits uh, that you see when you're looking at an ad for like a health supplement yeah no, I, that's not, that, that's not, I'm not saying that to make this sound good. I'm saying no, I like, get it. that's what this I'm reads not, like.
2: And I'm not saying either way, because again, we say do your own research. I'm just saying information. Okay, um, go ahead. And we'll list the websites we got information from, but it also can promote balance in your life and help increase your inner strength. So that's more of like a mind matter thing. It can take, it can help with mental health and peacefulness. It can encourage a positive mindset and increase confidence. And some say it can advance your psychic and intuitive abilities. And the dormant areas of your brain become activated as you're introduced to other abilities that you're inherent to.
0: Like I said, this, towards the end, started to read like some copywriter <laughs> wrote this to, to to come up with some benefits. It's very vague and very just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm still, my skeptical but part you gotta, of me is just I like, mean, uh, come like on. Like the peacefulness, very,
2: because we're going to get into how to begin sun gazing. That, you're basically that, like, you're building up. It's a process and you need patience for that. You have to work at it. So as you do that, That can also help mentally.
0: What if I live in New York City and I'm out on my apartment deck, Mm -hmm. we'll say on my balcony, and I'm staring at the sun. And all I have around me is noise and smog and people yelling, car horns blaring. How is that going to increase my peacefulness? Tune it out. It's that simple.
2: Tune it out. Again, this is shit you got to work on.
0: (laughs) I I get it. I'm playing the devil's advocate to everything you're saying here. Because like like, I said, a lot of this stuff is just like, okay. But that's the
2: thing. Everything takes work. And if you're the kind of person who expects things to happen right away, instant peacefulness, well, you're in for a rude awakening. Like, that's not how it works. It takes time. And I want
0: it now, damn it.
2: I know. That's the society that we're in now.
0: Instant gratification. Instant gratification.
2: Fix it now.
0: Okay, so why don't you tell everybody and and me how to sun gaze, please.
2: So it's recommended to do a little at a time. So the best way is to begin either at sunrise or sunset because these are considered safe hours.
0: Why are those considered safe hours? Because
2: the sun isn't as strong.
0: But don't you want the sun to be strong if you're trying to get no? Isn't more better?
2: You Got to settle into this. It's not. The I want maximum go home. strength. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Come on, it's not aspirin. Damn it! So
0: it, it's, it's recommended. Not aspirin. <laughs> okay. All
2: right. It's recommended to begin with ten seconds at a time. So you're going out. It's the first day you want to start sun gazing. Go outside, either do it at sunrise or sunset. Don't wear any type of glasses. Don't have any type of glass between your eyes and the sun. So no. So
0: like no contact. No lenses, contacts, kind of no thing?
2: eyeglasses. Don't look at out the window, anything like that. It's also recommended as you're outside, be barefoot on the grass or the soil when doing so. Why is that? Again, you're grounding yourself as you're doing it. So
0: what's the benefit of that though? Why can't I just do, go Do my you want to get flops? into the whole
2: benefit? You can go in
0: your flip-flops. I'm just, I'm asking, I'm asking questions. Okay. I want to make sure I got this right.
2: Keep in mind, I didn't like make this shit up. This is.
0: I know you yeah. didn't, but you did the research. I so did. I'm just curious okay. of what you've come up with.
2: Well, we've talked about the benefits of grounding before. Actually, Alex and I have been doing that, going out and grounding every day.
0: Yeah. It, it, believe it or not, I don't know if it, if it correlates or not, but I've been sleeping better the past few nights since we started doing that. So Good. I don't know if that has anything to do with Maybe. it or not. Maybe. could just be a coincidence.
2: But start with 10 seconds. The first time you do it, go outside and start with 10 seconds. And remember to be mindful of your breathing while you do it. And try to enjoy it. If you can feel the warmth of the sun on you, you could also visualize as you do it, visualize the sun giving you strength and that its energy is healing you. Because remember, what we think we can manifest.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: It's true. So first day, do 10 seconds. And every day add on another 10 seconds.
0: 10 second increments? Really?
2: 10 second second increments.
0: So I'm going to go one day, 10 seconds. The next day I'm going to go out for 20 seconds. Your eyes are going to build a a tolerance to it that quickly?
2: That's how you start.
0: That seems uh, like a lot.
2: It does. Within a week, you should be able to gaze at the sun for about a minute. But if at any point you do it and it hurts, stop. Because it's important to keep in mind that everyone is different. So... If I do it, I might only be able to do three
0: seconds. I was going to say. And you I, might I, only be able to do
2: five seconds. Five, I, but remember, I, we're not going out at high noon when the sun is strong. We're going out at sunrise or sunset.
0: Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
2: Where it's not so strong. Baby steps. Fair enough. You just want to go at a pace that's just best like, for you. It just
0: seems like a really long time to, to say, hey, Uh, 10 seconds to start which okay fine a starting point but then the next day just go another 10 seconds like what like that's that's insane Mm -hmm. that's doubling the time that's not allowing for a gradual buildup but all right
2: if on some days the sun hurts your eyes even though you're doing it during those safe hours a couple things you can do is you can squint And see if that helps. Or you can take your, put your two hands together, put out your thumbs and your index fingers and make a triangle. And you hold that up by, so the sun is inside the triangle and that is supposed to help.
0: What? Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. that like gives some shielding, but you're still looking at it? Yes.
2: And what you do is you just have a soft gaze from the sun behind the triangle and that should alleviate if it's bothering your eyes. But if it still doesn't feel good, stop. Do you get what I'm saying? If it doesn't feel good, stop. Your body lets you know what you can handle. If it's a cloudy day, you can gaze at the direction where the sun is behind the clouds, and you should still f- be able to feel its effects.
0: Even if it's hidden behind clouds?
2: Yes. Really? And have you ever heard, because I remember hearing this years ago, Um, It was a cloudy day and somebody I was with said, oh, you can still get sunburned on a cloudy day. And the way you can tell how strong the sun is, even if it's behind the clouds, if is that if the sun is behind the clouds and you still kind of have to squint looking at it, it it's strong enough to bother your eyes. That's a sign it's rays can affect you. So I heard that many, many years ago. All right. Yep. But if you keep adding 10 seconds a day to your sun gazing time within six months, you should be able to sun gaze for about 30 minutes. What? Yep. And everything I've read states not to exceed 44 to 45 minutes. And that's because when you stare at the sun for over 45 minutes, that's where I guess studies have shown that it could begin to damage your retinas.
0: 45 minutes.
2: 45 minutes.
0: 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. not seconds, minutes. Minutes. That's almost an hour.
2: Yeah. You can build up the ability.
0: But who has the time to sit and stare at the sun for that long? (laughs) Aye, yeah, aye. Okay. All right. uh, If if it's
2: important to you, you make the time. We have the time to do anything we want. No way. We just prioritize uh, what's more important to us.
0: Yeah, but just 45 minutes? You can build up to that? Wow. That's... It's fascinating.
2: And the other thing I want to mention about looking at the sun and something that you were the one who brought up to me was sunglasses.
0: Oh, the biggest work. Explain. The biggest work. Well, I used to wear sunglasses all the time, Mm -hmm. especially uh, when I, at, at my job, I was always working outside, having to climb poles, telephone poles and things like that. And so I was always driving everywhere and everything. And so I'm always wearing my sunglasses all the time. And then- I stopped, I can't remember why, but I just, I, I, I just stopped wearing them for some reason. I don't know if I forgot them or something. And it was so hard to see like, geez, this sun, it's crazy, blah, 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 you know? And then I, I honestly cannot remember. It, it had to have been about five years ago where I just said, you know what? I'm not going to wear sunglasses anymore. Cause I feel like by wearing them, it's making my eyes weaker when I'm outside. Like I can't function unless I have these things on my head and it doesn't seem right so I, I stopped wearing them and over time yeah i i don't need them anymore i never need them even when i drive and the sun's bright it doesn't bother me and 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 yeah I, I mean that's when i started to really go wait a minute like especially as it pertains to the sun that's when i started to say hold on a second i don't think what we've been told about any of this is true because i don't need my sunglasses mm-hmm. i don't wear i don't wear them anymore i used to need them all the time but it's because i think it's because I weakened my eyes by wearing them all the time. And so that when I didn't have my sunglasses on, it was so difficult to see. And I, I don't know if that's, if that helped to cause some of the things that problems am having now with my eyes, that could just be because I'm getting older, but I, I don't know.
2: Well, one of the things that you had told me was that you had learned that our eyes, what they do when we wear sunglasses, we stop the ability for the eyes to take in how strong the sun is right? so it can tell our brain to tell the rest of our body how to prepare and protect itself. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's the other big part of it too. You're, you're right. Sorry. I, I forgot to mention that, but yes, when you your eyes help to regulate the rest of your body, it helps to regulate your brain. And, and the, what I'd read was that the, the sun coming down, if your eyes are covered, then they're down regulating what to your body the, the the amount of protection that it should be putting up uh, in the in the way of of hormones that are released and things like that so you could be out in the sun all day but if you're wearing sunglasses you may not be taking in as much vitamin D as as you should be because your your eyes are are not sending the proper signal to your brain which in turn is not getting the rest of your body functions to work the way that they should be because you're shielding that part of your body and so it kind of just throws everything out of whack and it made sense when I read it and that was one of the, the catalysts to me going wait a minute I, I probably shouldn't be wearing these sunglasses as often and that's when I just dis- when I read that is when I, I, I made the decision to just all get rid of them and I haven't worn sunglasses since and I've been fine I've been great
2: yeah and when you told me that I stopped wearing sunglasses I don't have an issue
0: yeah, it's just it's just one of those. I mean, it took a little bit of time. I, I want to say it was maybe about a week, and I was fine again. Mm-hmm. So it did didn't. T- so I don't know. Maybe the ten seconds I feel like thing it
2: didn't take long either. For now me. that I,
0: now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the ten seconds thing isn't so crazy. It's the, just kind of crazy hearing you say it mm-hmm. and and not really thinking of it in in context. But yeah,
2: the only issue. I still have is when I'm driving, you know, when the sun is at a certain level and it's blinding, like you're going like down, you're driving down a street or like up a hill or something and you're like, I can't see anything in front of me.
0: But you figure you're also driving. So you have that windshield and that window, yeah. that glass, that's maybe, it's also kind of, uh, what's the word, accentuating, maybe uh, amplifying mm-hmm. the the brightness but In a way.
2: I tried putting on the sunglasses just to see, like, does it help? It didn't do anything. So it's like, okay, well, these aren't helping, so I'm not going to put them on. There you go. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about our skin and the sun.
0: Uh, that's, yeah, good. <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Yeah,
2: and that's I want to talk one. about how seed oils affect us and our ability to absorb the sun's can energy. We, can we
0: take a break first? Yes, let's and, take a break. And we'll talk about that. Uh, As soon as we come back, we will be back in a moment.
1: Hey, you. Yes, you. Are you looking for a new podcast that appeals to your scientific curiosity, but is also a little bit spooky? Show me
2: how I died in a past life.
1: Well, look no further, because this cat is where it's at.
2: He had concerns about the ethics surrounding AI, feeling they had achieved consciousness.
1: Curious Cat Podcast examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. Listen every week with your host, Jennifer Hotz, as she and her guests explore what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. We were healing karma together. They were all kind of predestined to, to resolve something. Listen on all your favorite streaming apps and continue the conversation on Twitter at CuriousCatPodca. Or find Jennifer and all her links at Jennifer L. Hotes, spelled H-O-T-E-S dot com.
0: All right, we are back, and we're going to talk about our skin and how the sun affects the skin, because I don't know about you, but all my life I, I heard... Got to wear sunscreen. Can't be out in the sun for too long because you're going to get a sunburn. And if you get a sunburn, then you're going to get skin cancer. And you're going to get wrinkles and blah, 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 all this stuff. So how much of that is true? How much of that is bunk?
2: Well, I think one thing most people don't realize is how seed oils affect us and the ability to absorb the sun's energy and how it affects our skin when we take in seed oils. So
0: why don't you, what, what do you mean?
2: Sorry. So like <laughs> seed oils affect the way the sun reacts to our bodies.
0: What's a seed oil?
2: A seed oil. I mean,
0: I know what a seed oil is. I'm saying for, oh, I'm going to get listening. all into it.
2: Cause I'm going to give a little history lesson for people about it. Wonderful. I got to kind of go the the side road to get to where we're going but it's gonna make sense okay so made is a healthy alternative to butter vegetable oil vegetable oil came onto the market and changed our eating and health with major impacts fun fact vegetable oil is not actually from vegetables per se but in fact a seed oil
0: well so if it's not it doesn't come from vegetables where does it come from
2: seed like pressed seed oil. And you think, well, vegetables, seeds,
0: what it's kind of all seeds? good.
2: I'm going to get there. Okay. I want to give some history about vegetable oil, seed oil. This is from Mitchelllandon.com. The article reads In the eighteen seventies, depression led to a partnership that would change the world. William Proctor left England with his candle business. James Gamble left Ireland to start making soap, and the two just so happened to marry sisters in Cincinnati and started a soap and candle manufacturing company called Procter & Gamble. Whoa. Yeah. Back then, animal fats sold like crack. They'd break down pigs on the slaughterhouse disassembly line, which later was reverse-engineered by Henry Ford to start making cars on the assembly line. But soon these animal fats... Which were a key ingredient in soap, got expensive. In search of lower cost alternatives for their business, P and G got creative. Enter cottonseed oil. At the time, cottonseed oil was deemed "quote unquote" toxic waste after it was displaced by regular oil as a fuel source, but not for long. Enterprising P. So, I
0: say cottonseed oil was a fuel source mm-hmm. first. So this is what was fed to machines to get them to run. I guess so. Yeah, amazing. And then it turned into our food.
2: Mm -hmm. Enterprising P&G saw a lucrative opportunity to use unwanted, i.e. literal trash, cottonseed oil to make cheaper soap and eventually cooking oil. Soon enough, they chemically altered it into cooking fat resembling lard. They called it Crisco! They thought it combined crispiness, freshness, and cleanliness. Yum! Not quite. After some clever marketing hacks, it quickly became a staple of the American diet. Popular science article from the era summed up the evolution of cottonseed. Quote, what was garbage in 1860 was fertilizer in 1870, cattle feed in 1880, and table food in 1890, unquote. Let that sink in for a second.
0: So, wow, this goes back that far, huh? Mm -hmm.
2: P&G bought patent rights and started mass producing the new cottonseed oil formula, known today as hydrogenated vegetable oil, selling to home cooks as a replacement for animal fats. But they still need to create more demand, so they hired America's first full-service ad agency, J. Walter Thompson Agency, and started OG Growth Hacking. No company has ever put as much advertising dollars behind a product. They ran eight marketing strategies staffed by real life artists and pro writers.
0: Real life artists? What? What does that even mean? (laughs) Okay.
2: They flooded Americans with free samples, mailing to grocers, restaurants, and nutritionists. They fried donuts in Crisco and passed them out in the streets. Sales boomed. They put Crisco in every cookbook recipe, then gave out the cookbooks for free. Jeez! Unprecedented, the rollout sold 2 million pounds of Crisco in 1912, just one year after invention. Then 60 million pounds in 1916 and it didn't slow down. By the way, Crisco was 50% trans fats. Estimates say for every 2% increase of trans fat increases the risk of heart disease by 23%. So while they have since altered the formula, the premise remains seed oils contain fatty acids found to directly lead to inflammation and chronic diseases. Since the invention of Crisco, vegetable oil went from zero percent to now thirty-two percent of the American diet, making one of the single greatest changes to our nutrition in history. So that's the article I read, and I think it gave very good insight to the truth about these oils. So I just wanna go over the, the oils we want to avoid. These are considered the hateful eight of oils. Soy oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, canola oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, hydrogenated oil, and palm oil. And if you're like us, and you do your research on what you're going to eat before you actually eat it, you'll find that most restaurants use these oils in their foods. One of the last restaurants Alex and I went to, this was actually last year, we asked, what kind of oils do you use? And we were told canola. We asked if they could make our meal with real butter instead. They also told us the And re- they did. And they did. They did. They also told us the reason they use canola oil, and it's because it cooks faster than butter. A popular restaurant in Manchester, New Hampshire, boasts about using a combination of corn and sunflower oil, and I want to quote as they put it, which is reduced, saturated fat, preservative free, sodium free, cholesterol free, carbohydrate free, and contains zero grams of trans fat per serving. Geez, when you put it that way, why would you think it's bad for you? The truth is, it's cheap and it's fast. They don't care about your health.
0: Yeah, I, I remember growing up, I I didn't really have real butter on much of anything. It was always Crisco. I remember my mom always buying Crisco vegetable oil and that kind of thing. And that's what she would use to bake mm-hmm. anything that she would bake. She would use that. She would melt it and like drizzle it on stuff instead of butter mm-hmm. because... That's what we were told was healthy. Yeah. I remember I used to growing up, I used to always eat pasta and I'd say pasta with butter, but it wasn't butter. It was the freaking like I'd get like a half a stick of Crisco and melt it. Yeah. And pour or margarine. And, and, and all margarine, that all that stuff and, and, and mix it in. My, and that's what I mean. I must've eaten so much of that stuff. It's, it's.
2: When I used to bake chocolate chip cookies when I was younger and like in high school and stuff. I always use Crisco because I felt like with real butter, I didn't get the flavor and the texture that I liked with the Crisco. But then you learn about it and you're like, okay, not using that again. But I want to get, I had to get there and talk about this to talk about how it affects our bodies and the sun. As mentioned in that article, studies have shown that seed oils not only cause inflammation, like they cause inflammation, but It doesn't only cause inflammation, that inflammation can cause damage to our skin. And according to drkate.com, seed oils are full of polyunsaturated fats, also known as PUFAs. 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 These fats will end up under your skin, and when exposed to too much sun, the UV rays strike oxygen in our skin cells and form dangerous free radicals that can attack the PUFAs in our our cell membranes and in the fat below the skin. The more PUFAs, PUFAs, the more inflammation. So this means that our skin burns easier from the sun, and these seed oils also damage our collagen when our skin is burned by the sun. And the reason why I wanted to go over the history of it is because you eat these foods, not thinking about the ingredients and how it affects your body. You don't think, oh, I'm going to go to a restaurant and I get my favorite meal from there and that's going to cause my skin to burn because it's going to be affected. My body's affected by the sun. Nobody thinks like that, or most people don't think like that.
0: You think that if you're going into a restaurant, that whatever you're eating is—I mean, you may say, "Oh, maybe not the healthiest option," but you're not thinking that. Oh, when I get my my steak, you're not thinking they're they're putting canola oil on the grill and and frying each side with canola oil. But that's what they do, unless you specifically say otherwise. That's what they do. My dad used to own a restaurant. That's what he used for everything: canola oil that's that's what was used that's just what it was and it wasn't I'm trying to not be what you know, I'm not he wasn't trying to be deceptive that's just what was used that was the industry standard yeah. that's what everybody uses mm-hmm. That's what everybody still uses even now where people are becoming more aware of the seed oils and and the danger of them and how they really truly affect your health it took what over a hundred years but now people are finally starting to get it. And put two and two together, that you you have like the what that restaurant was saying about like they, they, on their menu they'll try to they'll try to sugarcoat it and and mm-hmm. use wordplay and 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 fancy words speak to hey, get no- you to. Yeah,
2: there's but, no carbohydrate. There's no car- carbohydrates. carbohydrates in the oil, uh, duh, it's no, oil.
0: No shit, it's oil. <laughs> of course, it's not carb. Like it's like putting gluten free on it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so just ridiculous. Everything is have just, an
2: apple. It's gluten free.
0: Yeah, it's so just ridiculous. All this this everything is a label, and yeah. everything's got uh, it's just. But it's infuriating. People
2: don't have the correlation of what I put into my body affects how my body acts and reacts. And that's why I wanted to go through that history so people get that. Yeah, because I mean, that's
0: stuff that I think didn't think about. Know,
2: so. You know, I, I want to like I want to talk a little bit about my history with the sun because I was always very fair, and when I was a kid, I used to get sunburns all the time, and it would be so bad. I got second degree burns from the sun, and when I got those second degree burns, I had sunscreen on me, and. The thing was, though, was I, what was I eating? You know, did those seed oils play a part in why my skin burns so easily? I remember I when I was in my early, uh, actually it was my late teens, early 20s. I was at, at college and I was outside in between classes waiting. I had a tank top on and it didn't seem particularly hot that day, but I got such a bad sunburn on my back that not only was it so painful, but when it peeled, it was just like another sunburn underneath. And it peeled through three layers of redness until my normal skin came back. And then I also, as I got older, still getting blisters from burns on my skin. I was using sunscreen, but I didn't think about the oils, right? And I also want to talk about what's actually in sunscreen. Yeah, because so I think isn't that
0: sunscreen
2: causes issues
0: too? Yeah, I mean, isn't sunscreen supposed to protect you from the harmful rays of the I, sun?
2: <laughs> I was using SPF eighty, and it didn't do shit. Ugh. So, I personally stopped using sunscreen, and we watch what we
0: eat. I, I've, I, I think I used sunscreen maybe a handful of times in my life. Not very often. And I think a couple of those times was with you. Mm -hmm. When we first, first started seeing each other going to the beach, we would get a sunscreen, you know, just before we really looked into this stuff and we're really thinking clearly about it.
2: Because this was like almost 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. But I, I, I used to, when I was wrestling, I used to tan all the time. I'd go like, you know, indoor tanning booths. I was always dark and tan. Mm -hmm. And if anything, that, Probably would have caused more damage than actually being out in the real sun. And I, I very rarely got sunburned. Very, I think I maybe once or twice as a kid. But I used to play outside in the sun all the time. Mm-hmm. Never had any issues. And, and like I said, rarely wore sunscreen. Very rare. So, anyway.
2: I went on Consumer Reports and I wanted to see what's their top recommended sunscreen. And they have a list. One of them is Coppertone Water Babies SPF 50.
0: Consumer reports. Yeah. Okay.
2: So the water babies, copper tone water baby sunscreen claims to be hypoallergenic and to prevent baby skin from up to 98% of the sun's most damaging UV rays.
0: Like okay. You say most damage. Like.
2: like the, like the sunscreen knows which rays are most damaging.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: And I just want to go over the ingredients in the sunscreen. Oh boy. And again, I going to do my best to say them. Water, aloe barbadensis leaf juice, C twelve to fifteen alkyl benzenate, neopentyl glycol diheptanoate, sterine acrylates co-
0: copolymer. This is painful. I'm so sorry. Butylene glycol, VP icosine copolymer, 1, 2, hexanediol, excuse me, hydroxycetophenone, fragrance, tocopherol, acrylates, C1030 alkyl acrylate cross polymer, potassium hydroxides, disodium EDTA, sodium ascorbyl phosphate.
2: Thank you. I'm sure the listeners thank you. <laughs> <laughs> can,
0: can you break these down? Yeah, let's break them down. Okay.
2: First one, water. Well, it's water. But is it distilled? Is it purified or filtered? Is it from a, stri- a spring or straight out of a water treatment facility? Someone's I don't know. Tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aloe barbadensis leaf juice. It's aloe plant. But I question, is it treated with pesticides that remain in the plant upon processing? Those I are, don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Good you, good you, good question. You know what
2: I just got in my head, my big fat Greek wedding, where like she wants to get with a non-Greek guy. How is this family? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got gusts in my head from my big fat Greek wedding. Nice. I don't know. I'll let you say the name of it.
0: C twelve fifteen alkyl benzenate.
2: This is used in cosmetics as emolent, which is a softener, Emol- and emollient. Emollient, thank you, and also a texture enhancer. It's often also used as an antimicrobial agent in sunscreens, and it's used due to its ability to make the touch silky and soft. And I apologize because this is the one I missed the side effects for, so I'm sorry, oh, my mistake. I
0: was gonna, I was gonna ask you. Okay, so it makes it that makes it feel silky and soft. So that's probably for the consistency of the sunscreen Mm -hmm. that gets put on. Okay. Neopentyl glycol difeptanoate.
2: This is an emolent used in skincare products for its properties as a skin conditioning and viscosity increasing agent. It is formed as a combination of neopentyl glycol, which is a film forming agent and solvent and heptanic, Acid, heptanoic. heptanoic acid, which is fatty acid made from grapes, according to cosmeticscop.com. Neopentyl glycol
0: diheptanoate
2: is seen as a good alternative to silicones and is, a, is light and velvety on the skin with excellent spread, spreadability. If you look up the data sheet on this chemical, the safety data sheet, the SDS, it's interesting because it says avoid contact with skin and eyes. <laughs> Conditions to avoid.
0: Does it really? <laughs> a lot of
2: these do. If you go
0: to the oh, SDS wow. sheets on
2: these, avoid contact with skin. Now, granted, a lot of this is if you're handling these ingredients. And these what? are... Okay. Like if you're at, we're in the fact, you know, warehouse or whatever, you're handling it. But it's like, okay. Conditions to avoid. Contact with incompatible materials. Moisture. And extreme heat. And this is going in sunscreen. What are incompatible materials? It's going on your skin to go into probably water, or you might sweat, and you're gonna be in heat. How extreme are we talking about? Other adverse effects do not allow material to run into surface waters, wastewater, or soil. So we're gonna put this on our skin and go in the water with it, but it's not good to get in the water or the soil. And we should avoid skin exposure. Granted, this is used in small amounts and diluted. Should we be concerned? I don't know. I'm just kind of pointing out, like, mm-hmm. this is, I get how they say, well, it's such a small amount. But still, like, you're Ooh. using this, how How many times a day you're spreading it on. Uh, and yeah,
0: how many people, like, slather this stuff yeah. on themselves, on their young children. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the better ones, right? That they say is one, one of the better top. ones? Mm-hmm. What, one of the top. But does that mean, consumer reports, is that one of the top purchased? One of the top- Their like, research is, it,
2: determined this was one of the best sunscreens to use. But
0: what do the what what they determine is best? They have What's all their different criteria? factors.
2: I forget, but they have, because I used to always look at consumer reports for stuff. There was like a whole number of things that
0: they deem. Are and, they taking people's health into account with this? Typically-
2: I feel like typically they do. But again, uh, I feel like a lot of, anytime you look up reviews on places, are they being paid? Now, consumer reports, you have to pay, you have to subscribe. And actually, when I went on, a pop-up came, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And I get out and I go back in and scroll just so I could look quickly and see what they recommended. Gotcha. Um, Because I don't have a subscription.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the next Mm -hmm. ingredient here, styrene acrylates copolymer.
2: This is a relatively expensive and specialized engineering plastic based on styrene. Outstanding in UV and heat aging resistance since the and
0: butyl acrylate.
2: Rubber contains almost no residual double bonds. I don't know what that means. In contrast, the ABS rubber phase contains approximately one residual double bond per monomer unit. As a consequence, radicals can be more easily generated by heat or ultraviolet radiation. So you're putting on a resin slash plastic on your skin and it heats up free radicals, which can affect you. According to the EPA... And this is the EPA. We don't trust the EPA, but even they say that styrene can affect mucous membrane irritation, cause GI upset, and chronic exposure can affect the central nervous system, causing headaches, fatigue, weakness, and depression. But sure, it's safe to slather on infants and adults.
0: Jeez. What the heck is going on? How about butylene glycol?
2: This is a common chemical used in skin products due to its ability to add moisture and conditioning to the hair and skin. It's often made of distilled corn, and it also works as a solvent, meaning it keeps other ingredients, dyes, and pigments from clumping up inside of a solution. It's still being researched to understand long-term effects on the body. A 1985 study of pregnant rats demonstrated that this ingredient had negative effects on the developing animals. One article about it wrote, so far, there is no evidence yet to suggest that it causes reproductive issues, cancer, and toxicity. Keyword, yet.
0: Interesting. How about VP Icosine copolymer,
2: a synthetic ingredient used as film-forming agent as a film-forming agent in sunscreens to keep the sunscreen attached to the skin longer. Deemed safe, but according to the safety data sheet on it, there's no data available on many aspects, including toxicological. Am I Toxicological it? information, you. information, <laughs> incompatible materials, special precautions for users, symptoms and effects, be it acute and delayed, the reactivity or any conditions to avoid. It is noted not to let it enter drains, but again, put it on our skin, go in the lakes, oceans, and ponds with it. So
0: it, there's no data on it that's available. Yes, but they but they do say don't let it enter drains. Yeah.
2: well a lot of these like a lot of these things when you look at it so when i worked in veterinary medicine i had to i was like the safety coordinator that was one of the jobs as a manager and we had all these safety data sheets on everything we used it was part of the law we have to have these books and when it says there's no data available, typically it's, they have no data. There's nothing. It doesn't mean there's no reaction. There's not a problem. It's, we don't have that data. And a lot of these things I was looking up, it's like there were no, not enough like long-term studies done on it. There's a lot of testing on animals and which is not okay in my mind, but they test on these animals and these animals do have effects, but they're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's safe. It's safe for, you, for us to use. We're using it a little mount, you know, mixed Jeez. in with other things.
0: This is, uh, okay, let's move on to 1-2-hexanediol.
2: This is a great emollient as well as a humectant. That is, it preserves hydration on the skin while also softening it and acts as a preservative. one 2 X a dial. is safe for skin and hair when used in lower concentrations. However, it can be slightly toxic and irritating to eyes. Therefore, it should be kept away from the eye area. And a patch test is recommended prior to full application, especially for people with high skin sensitivity. According to the safety data sheet, it showed acute toxicity in rats, skin irritation in rats. And at the bottom, it stated, quote, To the best of our knowledge, the chemical, physical, and toxicological properties have not been thoroughly investigated. Prolonged or repeated exposure can cause nausea, headache, and vomiting,
0: end quote. Let's put it on our skin, though, in in large amounts. Why not? Let's cover our body with it. How about hydroxyacetophenone? This is a
2: common ingredient in cosmetics for its antioxidant and soothing properties. It alleviates pain and irritation on the skin by inhibiting the COX2 enzyme, which is responsible for the synthesis of pros-
0: prostaglandins
2: thank you, during inflammation. This is a synthetic version of apparently what is naturally found in Norwegian spruce tree needles and cloudberries. And I got confused by this. I'm like, is this where they get it from? But everything said it was synthetic. So from what I could gather, this was a synthetic version of it that they use.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say with a name like that, it doesn't sound natural, Mm. but okay.
2: Data on skin penetration was not available. Why would it be? Studies have shown Jeez. it can cause skin irritation. There are no toxicokinetic studies that have been done, and that just means to see how the substance can get into the body and how it affects the body. Now
0: let's put it in the sunscreen, though. Mm. No problem.
2: I can say this word, fragrance. <laughs> fragrance, well, that could be anything and could have possible, like, as many possible effects as you can think of. Usually when they say fragrance, it is a chemical that they use to get the odor they want.
0: How about tocopherols?
2: This is a form of vitamin E that serves as a powerful antioxidant.
0: Well, That's good though, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, let's keep reading. (laughs) Alpha tocopherol is the only type recognized to meet human requirements the ingredient list on the sunscreen doesn't state which one is used because there's alpha beta gamma and delta i found that according to my research it stated that many companies use mixed
0: tocopherols
2: yeah so So they so they
0: don't use the alpha that's Good.
2: You would think if they used (laughs) the alpha, they would write, it's alpha. Right. But they don't specify, which makes me think, are they using a mix? And if so, the alpha is the only one recognized to meet human requirements. So that to me is a little sketchy.
0: Wow. What about acrylates? The C1030 Alkyl Acrylate Cross Polymer.
2: This is a, can, can you guess, a synthetic ingredient. No way. Yeah. Used to enhance texture and the feel of skin products. A two year study in rats showed prolonged use can cause inflammation, tumors, and hyperplasia, which is the enlargement of organs and tissues often uh, found at the first stage of cancer. Dermal carcinogenic rate was at a dose greater than or equal to 21% when applied to mice. The carcinogenic response may have been associated with severe skin irritation induced by the chemical.
0: Right. How about potassium hydroxides? This
2: is known as a hazardous chemical, but it's used to control the pH in cosmetics. It is corrosive to skin. It feels greasy. (laughs) Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Well. It's corrosive to skin. Yes.
2: It's it's known as caustic potash, lye, or lye potash. You find it in soap.
0: Okay. It
2: feels greasy on your skin because it makes soap from the fat in your skin. It's also, uh, while lye is commonly used in soaps, it's considered safe to use in small amounts when mixed in with other ingredients. Fun fact, the FDA recognizes this as safe for use as a direct addition to food. So you can basically put this so or in food. So they can put, this, they in can put this in food? Yeah.
0: What the f- uh, Okay, um. Disodium EDTA.
2: The EDTA stands for
0: ethylenediamine tetraacetic mm-hmm. acid.
2: And I've saw articles that linked it to formaldehyde, but I couldn't find anything specific with it. So this is used in cosmetics to help prevent deterioration, and it also helps with clarity, protect the fragrance compounds, and to prevent rancidity. It's not well absorbed through the skin. So little absorption can occur, can occur, but more importantly, it disrupts the surface skin cells so other chemicals can be absorbed more easily. So let's go back to some of those ingredients in the sunscreen uh, that are do we have to possible carcinogens?
0: Jeez. Uh, so this is making makes it so that the skin can more easily and readily absorb these other chemicals. Yeah. wonderful. Final one on the list, thankfully. Sodium, ascorbyl phosphate.
2: This is used to slow the deterioration when the product is exposed to air. It's a derivative of vitamin C. And I really couldn't find much for side effects other than possible skin irritation.
0: Possible skin irritation. So. Wonderful.
2: When you think about it, is the sun really that bad for you? Or is it what we're putting on our skin and putting in our bodies that cause these more harmful reactions?
0: See, that's the thing. I think that it's it's a combination of everything. So when you hear the sun's bad for you, well, the sun is not bad for you. Well, yeah, but the sun causes wrinkles. Well, the sun alone doesn't cause wrinkles. It's you have to take into account genetics. You have to take take diet. into account your diet, stress levels, oh, yeah. things you're putting on your skin that maybe are enhancing the 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 so-called ill effects of the sun. There's so many other things. So I think that a lot of the information that we've been fed throughout our lives, our parents, our grandparents, it's it's all incomplete information. There's some truth to it, but they leave out very important details. And I think that that's where a lot of the fear maybe that people have of of being out in the sun comes from. And I think a lot of the things like sunburns, stuff like that, yeah, people can get a sunburn if you're outside for too long. Sure, of course. If if it's high noon and the sun is directly overhead and you're outside and you're just hanging out with your shirt off, you're probably going to get a sunburn if you're out there for more than 30, 40 minutes without getting some cover. It's going to happen. Regardless of your diet, I think. <laughs> but I think it's it's like anything else, though. Like the sun gazing you were talking about, you build a tolerance to it, you build... A resilience to it. It's like it's like working out. You you don't immediately just start working out after never having done it, and you're able to do 50 push-ups. How no, you build your way up to it. You build a resilience. Yeah, you, you don't a, go
2: squatting 300 pounds.
0: Right. Yeah, that's the thing. So you, you have to kind of build a resilience and a tolerance to it. But I definitely don't think it's this bad, awful thing, and that they're trying to block out by spraying all these chemicals and particulates in the air now that they're doing and all this talk of, we need to block the sun and all that. It's, it's just nonsense. It's, it's just nonsense The the sun in and of itself is life. The sun is what gives life. There's, there's no disputing that. I'm sorry. You cannot dispute that.
2: No, I agree. And I just, with all that stuff with the sunscreen said, my personal observation for myself and I mentioned it before is like, I stopped wearing sunglasses. I watched what I, I watched what I put into my body. I stopped wearing sunscreen. I don't get second degree burns anymore. My sunburns, if I do get burned, cause I'm out too long, they don't hurt as much. And like, we go, I was at the beach. I got a little sunburn where part of my head was more exposed where it wasn't before. And I didn't have my base tan. And that got a little red. The only time it bothered me is if I accidentally like scratched it.
0: When we, we mentioned we, how we went to the beach and everything, mm-hmm. we didn't put any sunscreen on no. us or the children and the, and I was out there with my shirt off. I got a little tan. I didn't get burned. None of the kids got nope. burned. And, and I just we were out there for hours. Yeah. You got a little bit on your forehead, but we were out there for hours. We didn't, we didn't have a, 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 an umbrella, a beach umbrella or anything like Nothing. that. We were just exposed to the sun and we were fine. We were fine. Totally fine.
2: And I will say one thing I learned is if you do get a sunburn and it irritates your skin, apple cider vinegar, I've used it. It helps soothe the pain. Like a lot of people say put on aloe. Yeah, absolutely. But you can put on apple cider vinegar, put it on a cloth. And or if you want to dilute it with a little water, you can. But put it on a cloth, put it on your skin, dab your skin with it. When I did get sunburns, like kind of while I was in the process of not using sunscreen, just kind of getting off of it, Uh, it did help alleviate the pain and the sunburns healed quicker. So that's a little natural thing that I learned about that might help you as well if you want to try it. But again, do your own research.
0: Do your own research. I think the biggest thing, though, is the seed oils. I think that's the biggest culprit in all of this. Mm -hmm. Because once I became smart to it and aware of them and and began to proactively eliminate them from my diet, That's when I noticed a difference, not in just the way I felt, but I could be out in the sun longer and I didn't have to. And, you know, for many years, everybody said, well, it's because you're Greek. You have an olive complexion. You're blah, blah, this. No, I think it's because of what I ate. I, like I said, never really wore sunscreens. But when I changed my diet and I eliminated those things and we did it for our children as well, they don't get sunburns now. And they're not outside all the time. It's not like they're always out in the sun and they got a good tan going or anything. No, that's not it at all. I think it's because we actively look at labels. We don't buy things that have canola oil or any kind of seed oil in them, palm oil, all that stuff that you're going to find in virtually everything now. We don't buy it anymore. We don't eat it anymore. We don't consume it. We don't put it into our bodies anymore. I think that right there, just that one thing alone can be a dramatic change for everybody if they started doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find you probably don't even need a sunscreen. You don't need any of that stuff.
2: And again, be smart about it. If you're going to be exposed to the sun for like eight hours straight, probably want to wear a hat, put on protective clothing.
0: Maybe get in the shade once in a while if you can.
2: Hydrate yourself. (laughs) You know, use common sense.
0: Use common sense. And again... We're not doctors. We're not. This is the disclaimer, which we probably should have done at the beginning of the show. But we'll do it in the show notes. This is not medical advice. We're not doctors.
2: We're sharing what we learned. We're just sharing our personal personal experience.
0: And and we're sharing the research that you yourself can find online or in books if you do a little digging yourself. And as Monique said earlier, we will absolutely put links in our show notes so you can go ahead and look at some of that same information yourself and then feel free to delve even further Mm -hmm. into it and maybe find out some things that we were unable to find yeah so that's that yeah the sun is not bad
2: it's not bad it's good the sun is not our enemy the sun sun is our friend
0: yeah uh that that was wow what a show that was a lot of Big words, a lot of words. <laughs> a lot big words. Of I can't say the the sun the sun gazing thing. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not just saying it because we're on the show. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, though. I've
2: been trying it. Um, the first time, and I was like, I tried it. I'm like, shit, I didn't take off my glasses. That's why oh, I couldn't do it.
0: Oh, geez.
2: and so it's like, Monique, take off your glasses. Wow. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, th- th- I I mean, again, just do your own research. But, yeah, absolutely try some of this stuff. But I think, honestly, for everybody, stop eating seed oils. It's going to be tough. It's going to be an adjustment period because they are in just about everything. If you're somebody that goes out to eat a lot, good luck to you. Because every restaurant, unless they specify otherwise, is using canola oil to cook. And they put it on everything. You get a grilled chicken, guess what? It's getting grilled on a grill with canola oil, mm-hmm. that's just that's just the reality of it. That's what happens now. So be aware of that. They're not going to always tell you on their menus, but that's the big one. Is and you if can you want to eat, yeah, yeah, and, and you always ask, absolutely. But they may not know. Like a server may not know. So you mm-hmm. got to be very vigilant in mm-hmm. in knowing what are they putting on your food. What's what? What are you putting into your body?
2: And more importantly, just read the labels because stuff you eat all the time. That is the most important thing.
0: These, these companies are all, all these companies that were using all natural ingredients, these trusted companies are now, they're all slowly just getting bought up by mm-hmm. bigger companies that are changing the ingredients, that are changing the formulas that people have come to know and love and they're using cheaper ingredients because they want to increase their bottom line profits. Mm-hmm. Your health is nobody's concern. Your health has to be your concern and your concern alone. But yes, again, bottom line, nobody cares about your health. You've got to care about your health. That's it. Don't rely on others. Mm -hmm. Don't trust others.
2: Read labels. Read labels.
0: Ask questions. Do your own research.
2: And at the end of the day, do what's best for you.
0: That's it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until next time, I am Alex, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous wife, the lovely Monique.
2: And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.
0: We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter.
2: At Pod.
0: You can also visit our website.
2: HomeWreckerPodcast.com
0: Where you can check out past episodes and pick up some HomeWrecker Podcast gear from our online store.
2: Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Bridyon.
0: You can also find Monique in a few places online as well.
2: I'm on Twitter at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter, at thealexarion And you can check out my website, AlexArionFitness.com.
2: And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes.
0: Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support.
2: We do. Thank you. We love you. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Innerstandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light.